Unraveled Sleeve, A Needlecraft Mystery, by Monica Ferris, narrated by Susan Boyce. Chapter 1 Through a ring of uniformed police officers, Betsy glimpsed the body of a very fat man. A ruby ring twinkled on the hand that loosely gripped a matte black gun. A beautiful young blonde, draped in furs, stood nearby, looking at Betsy slantwise through narrowed eyes. Beside her was an unshaven man in old-fashioned prison stripes. Next to him was an elegantly dressed man with a gray goatee, and clinging to the elegant man's arm was a bosomy woman in a white silk blouse, unbuttoned nearly to the navel. Officer Jill Cross, Detective Mike Malloy, and Godwin Dulac appeared suddenly, apparently from behind the circle of policemen. Mike barked, All right, Betsy, who did it? Godwin said cheerfully, Come on, Betsy, you're so clever, tell him. Betsy looked at the suspects, but nothing clever occurred to her. Jill said, Mike needs to shoot the murderer. It's important. She began to shout, Let's go. Tell Mike who did it, so we can all go home. It's cold, Betsy, and we want to go home. Everyone began shivering, except Betsy and the corpse. Betsy looked between the cop's elbows, hoping the corpse would start shivering, which would mean he wasn't really dead. Then she could tell them it was a joke. That would be clever. But he didn't move. Betsy wanted to go home, too. But she had to answer them first. Who killed the man? In a rising panic, she realized she had no idea. Maybe it's you, Betsy, said Godwin. Jill and Mike exchanged surprised looks that turned suspicious and then gratified. I knew it, I knew it, said Mike. No, said Betsy. No, no. Why, sure, said Mike, and added something incomprehensible that convinced Jill and Godwin. Wait, wait said Betsy, trying to think. Now I'm the clever one, said Godwin. Jill came to take Betsy by the arm. I'll hold her while you shoot her, Mike. Mike drew a snub-nosed revolver and pointed it at Betsy, who couldn't think of something clever to say to save her life. Just as the gun went off, Betsy sat up in bed with a gasp. Her heart was thumping painfully against her ribs. She was suddenly wide awake and breathing hard. It was a sunny March morning, the temperature already approaching 30. Betsy went down the stairs from her second-floor apartment, through an obscure back door beside the stairs, and down a short hall that led to facing doors, one to the parking lot and the other into the back room of her shop. She unlocked the shop door, and Sophie slipped through. Good morning! chirped a light tenor voice. On time this morning, aren't we? In body, if not in spirit, said Betsy. Are you awake enough to give me an opinion? Godwin, a slim young man in a clingy cocoa brown sweater and black wool slacks, was striking a pose in front of the checkout desk. What do you think? he asked, doing a model's turn. Betsy gathered her wits for a look at the sweater. Godwin had knit it himself of silk yarn, it had a barely raised pattern of diamonds across the middle of his chest that continued across his back, and the drape of the thin, soft material on his gently buffed arms and shoulders 
was exquisite. It's beautiful, said Betsy honestly, and the fit couldn't be better. John says if I gain three ounces, it will show. That's why I would never own a sweater like that, said Betsy, who was sure she could lose five pounds without it showing. You're slimmer than you were back in December, said Godwin, giving her a judicious look. You're dressing fatter than you are. You'll be surprised when you buy that new wardrobe. You think so? Even the thought of shopping for an entire new wardrobe could not brighten Betsy's face. Godwin had two remedies for gloom. If Betsy's spirits couldn't be raised by shopping, then you need a change. Take a trip to a nice, warm place, get a tan, meet some fun new people. Yes, well, I've got to finish up things here first. Betsy's sister's estate.